we're sort of getting like an inside look at at your writing process here, Pete, right? Because we're talking about themes and ideas from a blog post that isn't that isn't oh well, as as a time of recording, it's not published yet. Um, but when we're when we're putting this out, it will be. Um, so for everybody listening, Pete wrote a blog post about you know the this I think the the tentative title is the the simple four step goal setting process that we use the data box to get to one million in annual revenue which was a big milestone that we hit uh, last month. I think the first thing that struck me is like Pete asked me for feedback and I read it. And usually these types of posts, like I'm so used to reading about like here are the, here are the big projects, here are the quote unquote, um, you know, growth initiatives or, or, or growth hacks um, that we did to, to achieve X million in revenue. But this one, Pete, you focused on the goal setting process, as I just said in, in the title. Um, I guess like why, because we've done a lot of things from marketing and sales and product to, to obviously get uh, to surpass 1 million in annual revenue. Why did you focus on the goal setting process as sort of the main lever for, for this post and, and telling the story of how Databox surpassed 1 million? Uh, good question. So the, the why of it, uh, I don't think people write about this kind of stuff enough. I think people are always looking for like, what's that actionable takeaway that I can go and do tomorrow, and, you know, spend 24, 48 hours on and like it works. And, and I don't think that I know that's not the way most businesses are built. And so the why of it, the why I was interested in writing this is because I think it shows that, you know, it's basically almost 18 months worth of work uh, from, you know, a total of 20 people. And, and that required getting up every day and focusing on what we were trying to accomplish. So that's, that's the why, um, I've, I've talked to plenty of companies about their goal setting process. Um, in their early days of the HubSpot partner program, we were teaching agencies how to set goals with prospects where we would, you know, basically to help them sell. A, uh, a marketing retainer the idea of, of inbound or digital or online marketing back then was that it was measurable it wasn't provable it's somewhat predictable and and they should be selling it that way and so a lot of agencies i know um, now uh in their sales process they'll talk to their prospects about like where do you want your business to be do you want you want to be you're at a million now and you want to be at two million in in 18 months and uh, and, and therefore, like they go through what's the average sale price and how many leads do they get and how many of those leads turns into cus- turn into customers and and how much traffic do they have. And then that agency, is, if they're any good, can lay out a plan and say, all right, well, these are the ways that we can help you grow your traffic, grow your leads, grow your sales, grow your average sale price uh, and get you to that $2 million in annual revenue. And And they sell it that way. And what I discovered is that they sell it that way and then they basically measure themselves in a year and um, as you know John we've rolled out a, a goals application in our in our product where people can pick them at any metric set a target a weekly monthly and a quarter a quarterly or annual target and what I, I discovered is a lot of companies are just using the annual target I was actually talking to the um, founder of a, a pretty big agency the other day and he was complaining that our goals thing didn't work the way that he sets goals and he said, uh, you know, he's because he sets annual targets. He basically goes into the client and says, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to help you get uh, 800000 or a million dollars of new revenue next year. But you're going to have to invest 300000 with my agency. And uh, he sells it that way. And, you know, he might close the deal in July. And and our goals feature is is according to the cadence of the calendar year. So it's you set weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual targets, not like a year from July 15th. And... Uh, and so he's like complaining and, and I, and we walked through his process and I was trying to think of like, what's the right solution here for him. And then one of the questions I asked him is like, do you usually hit that goal? He's like, not usually. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what the hell are you doing? Like, why am I building an application for a process that doesn't work? Or why do you want me to build an application for a process that doesn't work? And so that's when I realized like, all right, we can't just teach marketers or agencies or any business really to set annual targets and walk away it's so important that they set that annual target but also then work back to the quarterly target and the monthly target and then you know sometimes even weekly and daily targets 
um, that that the team or individuals on the team should be hitting in order to ensure that they actually get to the annual target. And so um, that's kind of why I wrote this post. I realized there was a lack of uh, a lack of most companies have a have a lack of process around actually ensuring they hit their targets. Yeah, I think something we do at Databox is we sort of back into the goal, the 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 setting process, not not actually backing into the goals themselves, but the, yeah. back into the goals month by month, right? By by what we're looking at, uh, you know, a quarter out or a year out. Um, I yep. honestly don't know how. I, I I just find it so much harder to to try to to work towards goals or make progress towards something where you don't have that sort of outlined um, every month or quarter. Um, which, which I know is sort of the point of this, this post that you're, you know, you put together. Um, it kind of gives people what, what I love about it is not only is it kind of educating, helping people see like a better way to, to track performance and track their goals, but also kind of gives them like an inside look on how we do it. Cause like you, you kind of mentioned like the, throughout the whole post, like ways that we've done it or, or, you know, the cadence of our meetings and how the, you know, how, how the meetings are structured and that kind of thing. Um, so, um, and so, and, and you were mentioning earlier too about like how, like the good agencies, how they sell and track goals that is, I, I guess, like, do you see, um, how, how many, I guess, would you say like, I'm mean, roughly like a percentage, like, do you, do you think a lot of, uh, people are doing a, a good job of setting goals and, and tracking them in, in sort of the way that you've outlined in this post? No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, and we have some data to, to show it. Uh, but you know, I, I, we should probably step back. Is like there's a this post will have a four step process of like how to go about it. And it's and real quickly, it's uh, I think companies should benchmark their performance quarterly, which means that you should kind of be like setting up things to track, setting up metrics to track. Um, uh, kind of analyzing different correlations like in, in our world right setting up new dashboards that track performance on an ongoing basis uh and pretty much everybody on the team does that for their different parts of you know what they control so that's step, step one step two is set goals monthly uh re, you know re, reset goals monthly if necessary um based on that you know based on that annual target or the next quarterly target but setting them monthly gives Gives it gives allows you to keep score frequently, which keeps everyone's attention focused on the goal for that month, um, and it drives performance. It drives people to, to the last thing they want to do is show up to a meeting and and uh, and have to explain why they didn't hit their goal. The third thing is uh, is revising plans weekly, and and what we what we found, and, and I think a lot of companies do every other week, and that's probably fine too. But if you have a monthly goal, you need to be somewhat agile towards that goal. So if the things that you're doing in that first week don't work, it means that you, you need the things that do, to work in the second week and probably work twice as well as usual. Um, and so revising your plans on a weekly basis allows you to actually agilely get to the goal. Uh, and then fourth uh, is monitoring progress daily. And so this is really important in things like sales and, and service and marketing where you're you're doing things on a daily basis or you need to be doing things on a daily basis in order to hit that monthly target. Uh, and, you know, if, if sales is a simple example, if you got 20 working days in a week and you got to close, uh, let's just say $20,000 in revenue, you need to close $1,000 each day, ideally, or you need to close $5,000 in a week. And when you start to slip on that daily or weekly target, you know, you need to to, to work a little harder towards the end of the month. And I, ideally, you, you're front-loading your work in sales. Same thing with marketing, right? If you publish a bunch of content that just doesn't perform well, um, you need to figure out, uh, in, the, in the first week, you need to figure out how to make up for that in the second week. So um, it's critical, I think, to, to progress, monitor that progress daily in order to make sure you're, you're on track. So stepping back to, to sort of step one, I mean, you covered each of them pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. Um, benchmarking our performance quarterly. So... Um, you yeah. know, kind of talking about our the, the way we went through things. So doing doing that historically is it's not easy, right? Especially when you're using multiple tools. I think you mentioned when you first joined, 
Um, Databox was using Google Analytics, uh, HubSpot, CRM, Stripe, Mixpanel. Uh, but then over the past year, that's that stack has grown, right? Drift. Um, yeah, they had a, a lot of data. They're already measuring a lot of data. I want to give credit where credit's due there. Like there was Google Analytics with conversion tracking in place, uh, Intercom for in-app, um, education, HubSpot CRM for contact and, and deal tracking, Stripe for payments, and then Mixpanel um, for really drilling down into usage and mixed panels, you know, amazing for any kind of SaaS company where you can actually start to track like the impact of a feature change or UI change on a cohort of, of users and their adoption and all the way through to retention. So, um, so there was a lot of good stuff in place, but yeah, like over time we, we added a whole lot, right. And a lot of that came with traction. Um, so as we got some level of, of traction on the, uh, adoption side oh you know we ended up adding help scout for customer support ticket management in-app um, chat just didn't scale because we found is that our engaged users had a handful of different questions and it's really difficult to kind of keep track of that and in uh, a chat interface we switched to a ticketing interface uh, we launched knowledge base on help scout uh, we started to use hubspot marketing for our nurturing and email marketing because it integrates with the hubspot crm and allows us to see a, a good um overview of, of all the interactions we have with with our um, with our uh, contacts our users and customers um, we've as you know we've been using drift for website chat help allows us to get a lot of feedback uh, we haven't we don't talk to everybody there because we don't have the bandwidth right now to do that uh, we use SurveyMonkey for sourcing content wistia as you you've pioneered here with video marketing which has been huge um, Google search console Semraj hacky ranker for search engine up optimization and we'll do more and more of that and then delighted uh, which we use for our net promoter score survey so there's a whole slew of data that we have across the whole funnel from top to bottom and and we have as you know over time pretty much on a quarterly bit cadence we we kind of double down on that add more add more um uh, dashboards or data boards in data box using data box lingo there we're using data boards to kind of track the performance across all those different tools so we can make sure that things are are, are moving in a positive direction and or if we set targets for each and for different metrics we're tracking all that in one spot from a so from a benchmarking standpoint when we're going back and reviewing performance for those things i'm gonna put you on the spot like we uh, <laughs> like, like we mentioned earlier like we've we've done and, and tried a lot of different things this year um and in going back in 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 seeing that performance and benchmarking that, is there anything that surprised you in terms of like, wow, I I, I didn't I didn't see that uh, working the way it did or or gaining traction in that way? Was there anything that um, sort of surprised you? Yeah, well, I think um, you guys working with you you and Kevin on the marketing working with the product and data team did a really good job of improving our visit to lead conversion rate or i'm sorry our, i got that wrong our sign up to customer conversion rate so pe- number of people that sign up for using our product that ultimately convert to a customer um and as i think most people who have listened to the last podcast know we have basically one salesperson uh we just added a, a second person that's that's kind of ramping up uh to as a as a bdr um but uh, with a very small sales team, we're able to, I think, really triple our sales productivity um, through marketing and product uh, in, in innovation there. And so that was really surprising to me that <laughs> that happened. A very pleasant surprise, of course. Uh, but and it wasn't just one thing; it was multiple things that 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 you guys did that that I, that made that improvement possible. I don't know if we could pin it perfectly because we didn't run it like a, a lab experiment. We tried multiple things over multiple months, and I think all of it contributed in some way. Yeah, it never is one thing. I, I feel like that's that's one thing I've learned as I've you know matured in my own career. Is like early on, you always think there's like a silver bullet or something you're missing, but it's really mm-hmm. just so many things. The culmination of doing so many things consistently. Um, yeah. and being focused that, uh, you know, over time, if you keep working at it, um, yeah. but yeah, uh, and I, I think what I, uh, in, in your second step in this four step process, which is resetting goals monthly and something we do, we have a monthly all hands meeting 
where we all review the previous month's performance against the goals that, you know, we were individually, our teams were tracking against. And, you know, why, you know, what the things we did, um, if we hit the goal or not, and, and the things we're, you know, doing, the, you know, uh, in the following month that are, that are going to hit, uh, the goal that we've now set for, for the following month. So, um, and you, and you mentioned like the MBA thing to do, quote unquote, is to build out spreadsheet <laughs> models that forecast. And I've been in organizations that do that and they don't have yeah. like the monthly meeting. It's, it's sort of like, there's the spreadsheet, like. You see where we're going to be in June, July, August, September, October. Like so, so just you know, yeah. plan out, plan out your activities and, and prioritize accordingly. There was no meetings yeah. to to sort of you know circle back and say here here's where we're at, here's what's changed. So right. I, I think obviously I prefer the what we're doing now at DataBox, which is we revisit that every single month. Um, yep. And yeah, talk about I guess the importance of that and like how that's how that's been important in allowing us to focus as such a small team. Yep. Yeah. So early on, Javron was asking, like, well, when will we get to this this revenue? I'm like, I don't know, man. There's a lot to figure out before before we get there. Um, and like the one thing that we were doing at the time to really grow the business was just basically me and Kevin and Tori on the you know uh, the go to market side. So and you know, Kevin was doing blogging basically, and and and, mar- and the rest, the rest of the market, all the marketing, because there wasn't anything else. We weren't really doing much else. Uh, and Tori was handling customer support, and I was doing the selling, and uh, all the customer support on the agency side. And Tommy was doing it on the on the non-agency side. And so we were. So I built. We, I said, Kevin, why don't you go build a simple model and just figure out, given our current conversion rates, how much traffic you need. Uh, to hit you know hit 100k MRR and um, and he did the math and it was like we needed like a million visitors or something like that on a monthly <laughs> basis and we weren't we knew all knew that that wasn't going to happen from blogging but it's like you know we got to start somewhere and this is this is what we can work with right now so work you know so we basically just plugged away at as you know we're up to like 60,000 sessions a month now so we've grown and that's like more than 12x of what at the time uh, but certainly not a million sessions a month uh, and we just kind of had faith that like we would figure out how to improve our conversion rates at some point um, but we needed in that at that point just to like bang out as much content as we could and, and grow traffic as, as much as we could with the resources we had so um, so we did build a simple model um, I'm not a huge fan of like sitting there and just tweaking models they're they're not that complicated right you put in your put in your revenue target you put in your conversion rates uh you put in your average sale price and it spits out your traffic um and so over time you know we've gone in and tweaked what the conversion rates are because we've been able to improve them and and that's allowed us to still hit our revenue goals even though we didn't hit that crazy traffic target yeah i think uh I have a funny story. So in uh, in a previous company I worked for, a really smart uh, smart guy that worked for our, you know our finance team, and he used to build out these models, right? These these sort of mm-hmm. revenue forecast models and and what what you'd need in terms of visits and product signups and all that kind of stuff. Re- really smart guy. And um, I remember him building it out. We were going over it, and he said to me, "The one guarantee about this is it's going to be wrong." And but right. we but we didn't have the processes in place to to deal with that, uh, to basically evolve with it. There were no, like I said, there were no monthly meetings. There were no, uh, meetings to sort of revisit. Uh, Okay. So based on how we did last month, the goals are the same. Like ultimately like the revenue target is the same, but like these other things have sort of shifted. So how do we, you know, how do we readjust? And there was, there was none of that. Um, so what would happen is months later, there would just be these crisis, um, and, and uh, not crisis, they're, they're doing very well, but there would be meetings like, Oh, how, you know, how do we, how do we sort of readjust here? This is off. This is off. We thought we were going to be here. Why are we not here? And it's like, well, I don't know. A lot of things that happened in the last three months. And basically people would spend days going backwards, figuring out, here's all the things we did. This could have broke the funnel. This could have broke the funnel. We also tried this way back then. And so it was just impossible to try to like zero in on like why things were happening. Um, yep. and I think this protects against that. Because you're you're always staying sort of true to the plan and, and and updating as needed. Yeah, I think the I think the model's an important part of the process, but it's like it's literally like uh, you know it's like 
picking your team right, for <laughs> for your fantasy sports unless you go and pay attention. I don't, and I don't play fantasy sports. I think it's a waste of time. But but if you you most people I know that do it intensely like they pay attention to the weekly games and then they're doing trades and all kinds of crap in order to like try to to win the win the season right and so I think that's that's the way you should be kind of building out your business you're paying attention to how everything's performing and you're making tweaks uh, and uh, as you go and everybody's involved in that process that's a really important part it's not like the guy in finance. Right, it's or it's the it's not the analyst, it's not the owner. It's it's like everybody needs to be involved in that process. And what have beautiful things happen when everyone is involved in hitting that goal? Things that like I didn't expect as the CEO, like you guys figured out how to get more of our signups to customers without adding salespeople. Um, and, and so that wouldn't happen unless we were constantly focused and reviewing our targets on a monthly basis. Um, in fact, I remember a few months back, I changed the new sales target from like six grand a month to like nine grand a month MRR. And, and I forgot to tell Brian, <laughs> who is our sales guy. <laughs> so it was like we're in our monthly meeting with the whole company. And this is the first time Brian saw his, his new target. And it's obviously a horrible miscommunication on my part. Um, but I was confident in our ability to do it because our improvement, our conversion rates had improved, right? It wasn't just Brian that had to work a little harder. Everybody kind of figured out how to, how to get there. And of course, Brian did and does work his butt off to get to our numbers, but, um, but other, other factors were at play that, that, um, that enabled us to go in, you know, now we're past nine K shooting for uh, 12 K MRR consistently. We would be able to do that already for a few months. So, um, and a lot of that just comes into play because everybody's focused on that target. I remember that meeting. I remember him taking it in stride too. I remember him saying something. Oh, so the yeah. goal is nine k now, and you, you're like, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, and he was just like, okay, and it looked like he was like taking notes, and that that was it. He was just like, okay, all right, just like took it in stride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we had done seven or eight the night, the month before, so it was a stretch, but yeah. but it it, it didn't. We did it right. It was everybody was focused on it. And we did it. Um. Step three, revising plans weekly. And this one, I think, is another one that is an adjustment for some teams and organizations because especially um, when you set – or like in the example you shared before of an agency sort of setting a, a yearly target and then they sort of plan out, okay, these are the things that are going to get them there. They agree on it um, with the client. Um, sometimes there's not a lot of variance from that from those plans. Right, it's like okay, these are the things that we said yep. we were going to do that were agreed upon, uh, that are going to hit the goal, and uh, and it's so, sort of like I don't want to say in all cases, but in some cases it's easy to get on autopilot. It's like okay, th- right? We said we yeah. were going to blog, we were going to do this, and we were going to do that. Um, but revising plans weekly is a completely different animal altogether because you're, it's, you know, sort of constantly measuring yourself against how you perform <laughs> the week before. Is the stuff that we said we were going to do and uh, was going to help hit goals, is that even working? And if not, like, I mean, you ask this all the time. If, like, uh, you know, middle of the month, Pete will, you know, he'll kind of shoot out a Slack message and he sent one a couple weeks ago. And I forget what the words you use, but it was just like, ah, I don't know about the traffic, the traffic goal this month. Like, uh, what, you know, what are we going to do, like, differently? Um, and you kind of have to think on the fly, right? You have to continue to, to sort of, um, Maybe innovates the wrong word, but you have to kind of continue to evolve as the month goes on instead of just like, oh, we're doing the things that we said we were going to do and like that's it. Um, yeah. So it's harder. Uh, yeah. It requires you to kind of be more creative and, and nimble and agile and all those jargony words. Um, yeah. But I guess like what and, and, and this, this is this is I think it's actually there's a lot to this. I agree. Like you have to pay attention, you know, as the as as the person responsible for those numbers, right? The the traffic, the signups, and the even the signups paid you you uh, you you own those numbers. So you have to pay attention to those and kind of manage which activities will will get you to those targets. And obviously the the paid is the most important, but we know in our business especially um, that traffic correlates to revenue. So hitting the sessions goal this month will impact our ability to hit it the fo- hit our revenue target the following months. So um, yeah you gotta be you gotta be nimble. I, I however 
or like I think you're I think there's a, a more and more important part or even it may be more difficult for some of us part which wasn't natural to me and I don't not to throw you under the bus here but natural to you either um, I think you and I are both fall on the the uh, innovative always want to innovate creative side and and what's actually really important around weekly planning is the is the diligence and cadence around it which uh, as you know Davrin and the product team are amazing at and have been they've been running you know weekly literally weekly sprints which is aggressive for a product team um, for two years plus so that's the the hard part I think you know one of the things that's unique about Databox and the way we, we run internally is that everything is in Asana, which is our project management tool. Like we don't do things without putting them in there. We have conversations in there. We scope out projects in there. Um, you know, between Asana and Slack, everybody is constantly updated about what everybody else is doing. And I think that's that's the first step is like you got to establish transparency around what everybody's doing. Um, another important part is like having procedures and processes for everything. Uh, so for example, we do these uh, roundup blog posts where we invite you know 50 people to contribute. And we have, uh, I think, a 42-step process for that. Um, 42 simple steps. <laughs> yeah, 42 simple steps to do a roundup post. Um, so doing that required a lots of lots of coordination i think four or five people are involved in that process and and sometimes we even collaborate with external ones like you did with the sprout social team and so there's even more 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 to it with that in that case so it's important to have those procedures and then the the really part which isn't natural i think for me is having stand like weekly meetings where you're reviewing what you did last week, thinking about what you're going to do over the following few weeks, next weeks, and then coordinating that across the team. And like, so a lot of it happens asynchronously through Asana, but then there's also meetings that every team has. And then we as a company have um, with the, you know, with managers and, uh, and those are, those planning meetings are really critical to get everything right and keep everybody you know, move in to ensure that we're coordinated across the different teams, et cetera. So um, I think that's the hard part around that. And I think planning weekly is aggressive. Uh, I think this, our methodology here will work fine if people plan every other week as well. But, um, but I think that, that frequent planning is critical, both so that you ensure you hit the target, uh, but also to ensure that everybody's on the same page and, and working towards the goal. Yeah, I think like product sprints, uh, the typical ones are two weeks, but they don't yep. usually include marketing. Marketing kind of, I mean, some organizations it does, but in a lot of cases, they kind of are just, you know, uh, doing the things that have always worked, um, you right. know, doing more of them. And I think, yeah, at, at, at Databox, it was certainly different for me to, uh, there was never a formal like, okay, we're, we're going to run sprints and we we don't even call them that. Um, you know, right. on, on the marketing side, but, uh, yeah, I think having those weekly, um, meetings is critical in like seeing like, like last week, for instance, uh, before the holiday, you know, we did some things that, uh, you know, we, we, we were able to close the gap a bit, uh, and get, you know, back towards our, our goal line a bit. And now this week when we meet, we're going to be able to talk about, all right, what did we do and how do we repeat that? Um, you know, we did some things differently last week. You know, we, we drafted right. up some processes about them to, to try to make them repeatable to see if they can uh, continue. You're going to have to do it this week because of Memorial Day, right? And right. it's a short week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like three. You're going to have days. to do it again. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, we um, lost, lost some ground there with Memorial Day in the US. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think that, again, that process keeps you, it almost keeps you honest because, like, you're, you're, you're quickly putting together, uh, processes of things that worked and so you can make them repeatable and and if you didn't I guess have those weekly that weekly cadence of, of sort of keeping everybody focused and keeping everybody driving and disciplined toward that goal I don't know I, I guess it's easy to fall out of shape and just like um, maybe continue leaning on things that used to work or uh, you know just just continue yeah to... I think it's easy to act with less intensity right we'll have distractions yeah. Yeah. in our lives and in our work day right like I could wake up this morning and ping you and say, hey, I have this new idea um, and it might distract you for two hours, right? But 
and it might help us in the long run, but not be related to uh, this month's targets. And so there's a time and a place, I think, for like innovating. There's a time and a place for doing what you know works. And um, and like when you're when you're on target, that's the time to innovate. When you're when you're a little behind, that's the time probably not to innovate too much, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that, that's one thing I think I've learned a lot from from being here is like the the importance of of process. And I think a lot of that has to do with being at a company that's, um, you know, this, this small people wise, and then, you know, growing in the way we are, right. It's critical. Like it, my, the previous company I worked at was, was, was bigger headcount wise, uh, different stage altogether, right. They've been around for, for over 10 years. Uh, but being at a company, this it's so important to those things that work. It's like the first thing you usually say is like, um, all right. Like, do, do we have a process for that? Or, or like, is, is that written down somewhere? Um, and I think now right. I hear that in my head, <laughs> at least for the yeah. things that work, right? You don't want to uh, document anything yeah. that doesn't work. But, um, yeah. so like I hear those things now I'm like, okay, I, I should, uh, get this out of, out of my head or, or Kevin should get this out of his head or, or whoever, um, that does something should, should document that so we could all make it uh, repeatable and make ourselves more efficient. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's been a big learning. It seems so obvious, yeah. but. That's been a yeah. big uh, well. I've seen a, 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 a big change in your behavior from the guy that does the work and wings it kind of because you figure it out as you go to a guy that's now managing people. For those we probably haven't announced it, but we promoted a bunch of people internally at DataBox, and John is now director of marketing, so he's in charge of marketing. So he has a whopping team of two people. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, now that you have two people, right? You you want to know like how are they doing this and. Because you can learn from them, and you can also make sure that they're doing it the way you think it should be done, right? By having a process. And if you don't have a process, it, people are are subject to kind of make it up as they go or do it differently each time. Uh, and and if you do have a process, you're much more likely to get the quality of the output that you're that you desire, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and I found too. And again, these these all sound like really obvious things, but I think. Um, the context is different, you know, depending on the team that you that you're working with and the company that you're at. But <laughs> in making these meetings more productive, I find that the meetings that I leave feeling really good about and I think they're productive are the ones that I I don't talk as much. I've been in yeah. plenty of meetings in the past where the person running the team or or, or the manager did most of the talking, and mm-hmm. people's eyes glaze over. They don't take a lot from it. They can't wait for it to end. Um, and these now, like you're, you're genuinely learning from everybody and the things that they're doing because you're talking week over week about like, Oh, those, those things that you did last week and we saw a bump here. Like what did, you know, what did we do differently? How do we repeat that? Um, and like having those conversations is like super enlightening for me. And, um, yeah, like like I said, I've been, I think that's actually a byproduct of being like goal driven. Right. Um, to when you set the goal and everybody knows what the goal is. uh, for that month um everybody then acts accordingly and they make decisions based on that and it also i think it empowers people in a way that they can be creative they can hustle right and they can feel good about uh, their their impact whereas if it's top down where it's like here's what we're going to do and how we're going to do it um then people feel a lot less uh, empowered or motivated, right? And they like if they're being told what to do, uh, then it's not their fault if they don't hit the goal. Uh, so that's a really important piece of it. Yeah, that's right? critical. To, yeah, set the goal. in the, some ways, get out of the way. Uh, your like documenting process is a good check to make sure that like people are doing it in the right way, doing things the right way. But uh, but otherwise, like, getting tool. out of the way, yeah. letting. Yeah, and a good project management tool, of course, for keeping track of what people are doing, and preferably one that's probably not Slack. I mean, it's too it's too real time and transient. Stuff gets lost. It's it's sort of like email in that way. Um, yeah, I, th- I think uh, I'm. We have a we have I guess three things, right? We have our wiki where we document longer processes, like our roundup post process. Like that's a few thousand word thing that's not in asana we have a shorter template in asana for that with tasks that require different people to to do things so that we can plan that out but but uh but the the wiki helps so then slack is just for like real-time coordination right around that stuff it it shouldn't be for 
you shouldn't be tagging people and saying, all right, you're up. It's your turn to do your piece, right? That should be all in a project management tool. And the process that we're following should be outlined in some kind of document. So the last step we didn't touch on, but it's it's similar to step three in uh, in, in step three where you're uh, revising your plans weekly. Um, step four yep. is monitoring that progress every single day. And I think something that was funny early on was like Kevin and I would have data boards uh, and, and charts in our data boards, you know, for, for traffic, for example, that would be like daily. It would show like daily fluctuations. You know, Tuesday right. we saw 5,000, Wednesday we saw this. And you'd be like, well, yeah. I can't make heads or tails of this. Like, you know, what, like, is, what the hell is this? Why do you do this? I was <laughs> so confused. Like, why do they give a crap about a daily fluctuation in <laughs> sessions? Like, what is that telling them? So and, and then Pete I started asking Kevin about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's, and, and yeah, I prefer the cumulative because I want to know how close we are to the monthly target. Because I, the way I, I guess I think in that monthly goal, right, where it's like, I know the monthly goal will lead to the next month's goal and all that. And so I always want to be, not always, but usually pushing to for improvement in the key metrics. And uh, and so what I realized is like, oh, that's necessary. That daily fluctuation is necessary for the people pressing the buttons to doing the marketing, right? If you publish a blog post and it, and it does great because it, say, gets picked up on somebody's newsletter or linked or shared by somebody influential online, then like – that's great. We want to know, you want to know about that in real time so that you can jump on it. Right. So you can like further promote it or you can thank them or you can connect with those people. Uh, right. Or just, just knowing the thing that you did that day had an impact um, really helps you figure out how to get that extra 10, 20% performance. Yeah. I think it, sh- it shortens the feedback loop to an extent. Cause I mean, I mean, some of the things that we do, yeah. you're not going to see some, I mean, sometimes you're not going to see, uh, you know, the, the just an isolated improvement in one day, right? It might carry over. Right. But um, what I think right. it helps is like, it helps protect against like ego metrics. So like, you know, I could uh-huh. post a blog post on LinkedIn and get 50 likes, 25 comments. And I think if you're not measuring daily fluctuations, the easy thing to say would be like this post on LinkedIn got, you know, 5,000 views on LinkedIn. It got all this engagement. Like we should do more of that. But then when you go look at yeah. the, the daily fluctuations, like, but it actually didn't do shit for the nut. Like it didn't, <laughs> didn't do anything. Like nobody, nobody right. came back to the site or, or nobody signed up. And it's like, it's, it's a good way to protect against like vanity things, uh, vanity improvements, things that you think are working, yeah. but maybe like in the back end, like they're not actually driving what you think they are. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, our, what, uh, amongst our top 10, company goals is not um impressions on john's uh <laughs> linkedin feed right <laughs> no yeah impressions uh vi- impress- you're, you're crushing it over there it's not, <laughs> not always and i like that stuff's good but yeah, it's, i think what's more important is that we get blog posts out that actually have traffic spikes right or or that we push publish new um templates that that uh get lots of conversions on our website like that's what's right. more important right? and you know something that we just did or you know we just tried last week is you know kevin and i have experimented a lot with linkedin obviously the they're, they're really trying to get people into the platform which has worked um the algorithm there is insane basically a like is a share um on another social platform so if pete likes my post it shows my post to his whole network which is insane Right. And it's not going to stay like that forever. Um, they're going to try to, you know, I'm sure monetize those impressions at some point. But um, something that we tried was, you know, if it works in isolation for, for Kevin posting something or for me posting something, you know, can we leverage, you know, we have these survey posts that have 50 contributors. You know, can we leverage them in some way to not, not, not just call attention to the survey post that, that they contributed to, but also like it kind of, what I noticed last week and seeing, you know, we saw probably 15 to 20 contributors of our last survey post LinkedIn videos about it, about their contributions. And like, I'd go look at their stuff and they were getting really good engagement, 15, 20 likes, a bunch of comments, um, a lot of views. And the part that was interesting to me is I would love to see if this sort of changes their behaviors in some ways, like if, if they, you know, explore these different avenues. So, um, that was just one of those things that before that we tried last week that 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 worked, um, and we saw a bump from you know in those daily fluctuations, um, as an example that we said, oh, this this might have a material impact. Let's let's try this again. Let's continue exploring this. And I think that's what those like monitoring progress every day. That's what it allows us to do is like those things that we try. It should we try them again or not? And it allows us to quickly move on. Um, 
Yep. I think that's been the, the biggest game changer for, for us as a team. You kind of, you're able to move quicker, which yep. I guess this whole because process allows you to monitoring progress on a daily basis. Basically. Right. Right. And at a 30,000 foot view, I guess that's what this whole process has been able to do for us. Right. As, as an organization, we've been able to stay agile and move quickly when needed. Um, you know, whether that's making an adjustment or changing a goal or, you know, reshuffling priorities and, and it's all been pretty, pretty seamless. So, um, yeah, that, that's the four step process. And I think somewhere hidden in there is, is a methodology that we're, we're probably working on. <laughs> to- yeah, probably. I think, uh, it'd be interesting to see what I'd love to get reactions from this podcast and from the blog post, which I imagine will embed the podcast into, um, just to, to, uh, to really get a, get some feedback from people i think that data driven and as a term is so watered down now um there isn't really a process on it and and i think uh just mo- you know just just monitoring your data doesn't really do anything for you unless you and your team are kind of reacting based off of that data and adapting your plans and um constantly setting short-term goals to hold yourselves accountable and then taking a step back periodically and, and, and monitoring, analyzing data in different ways. So, so uh, we will be publishing this and definitely want uh, feedback. I know we're not the first people to, to talk about this stuff. I, I should say that a lot of the inspiration for this came from the way that the product team runs here internally um, also, we're big fans of the um, Traction book by the EOS organization, uh, Entrepreneur op- Entrepreneurial Operating System, uh, and as well as uh, we've all been reading the Four Disciplines of Execution. So we're not the first ones to come up with some kind of a, a process for for really being goal focused and, and data driven, uh, but uh, but we'll be we'll be pushing our, our customers to follow something. We'll also continue to build out features that that support it. Um, actually, I don't know if we should we tease the the upcoming goals app changes, John, real quick before we, we jump off. We could, yeah. I mean, that's that's coming that's coming real soon, depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah. So you're a little closer to it than 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 I am because you've been working with Cashbar um, on uh, on the uh, promotion around it. So, yep. do you, what are the, what are the what are the big changes to our goals? We should probably step back and explain what our goals app does in, in right. general. You want to do that? Yeah, I think um, I think the 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 big gap in 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 the market was you know when when we were going through this process ourselves of being able to set goals and, and consistently revisit them and hit them was there's not really an app that allows you to set goals in in a in a smart format, quote unquote. Um, and you know, most people that we were talking to, their goals lived in a spreadsheet somewhere on a Google doc or somewhere where they take notes from, from either talking with their team or their clients. So we created this feature that allowed you to input goals into data box. And then what you can, the, the, the biggest part of that is you can then sort of visualize your progress against those goals in whatever data board you have, you're tracking those metrics. So for example, if my session's goal is 100,000 this month, when I go into my data board and see my line graph, I can see the goal line. And and, and obviously that helps us um, do everything that we were just talking about in this whole episode, which is, you know, uh, stay agile and, and make adjustments. And that, that was actually the first iteration of goals. It was all you could do is you could add it to to your visualizations. Right. And then uh, I think maybe six months ago, we, we launched goals as a, as a separate app. So I want to talk about that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the uh, basically what we've done uh, for for the improvements in this round, which is, which I think is what you're, which is I think what you're, what you're asking about. Yeah, uh, actually, what we did like six months ago is we it, it, originally it was just you could add a goal like a goal line or a goal target goal number to your visualizations on your dashboards or data boards, um, but then we also like six months may have been longer now is um, we launched a separate feature. So when you log into data box and click goals, you'll see, you'll see actually all of your goals with a tile for each one and it'll show you a progress bar. Um, and that's what we launched like 6,000 months ago. And I think every month about 500 companies, 500 users update um, their goals. Right. And, uh, and so people are using that on a monthly basis to, to set and reset their goals. So we kind of noticed that pattern of, of usage. Um, 
you know, we have like 6,000, I think, active monthly users. So it's still a relatively small fraction. But the feedback we got from people is there was a few areas where they wanted the app to go in order to really drive adoption in the organization. Um, and so the the new things that we launched recently, and I'll let you take it from there and talk right. about that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't explain that great. Yeah, the the gold cards That's is, right. is, is, is 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 was yeah. was a big yeah. thing that you can you can view that in different ways too. But I think um, yeah. we've we've obviously gotten a lot of feedback um, from from customers. We've uh, we use it heavily ourselves. I think uh, so. Some of the some of the things they changed was previously if you looked at your gold cards, and uh, the goal wouldn't be green until you hit it. Um, so if you were on or off track. Sometimes it wouldn't be easy to sort of gain those insights. Like if you're halfway through right. the month, but the especially goal, early, earlier, earlier, right. halfway through the month, you you might you might be well above the target month to date. Um, but since you're still only fifty percent of the way to your target, it would show yellow because um, it wasn't there yet. And so yeah, um, go ahead. so now yeah, now you can see sort of you, you'll be able to see how you're trending. So if you're trending above sort of the goal line, it'll be green regardless of how, how, how much of the month has surpassed. Um, and then the thing that that's also really cool is you used to just have this progress bar on the, uh, on the goal card itself. So it'd be a progress bar of how, what percentage of the goal had been achieved. So 85% of the goal had been achieved, let's say, um, three quarters in the month, the progress bar would be 85% filled. Um, but now you can also have a line graph as a visualization on the goal card so you can have you'll you'll see like your goal line and then you'll see your progress if it's above it below it and you could see like the fluctuations throughout the month to see how you're trending and if it's above the goal line it'll be green if it's below it'll be red so it's like a really helpful way to see where maybe some of the big uh big dips or, or big boosts came from and um so so that's yep. uh, that that's one of the big ones um the other big one is um being able to set goals into the future so a lot of times companies have those annual targets they totally should um, but they should break down the goal into manageable improvements each month Uh, and so let's just say you want to go from zero to 100 over let's make it even easier let's say you want to go from zero to 12 in a 12 month period you want to set your goal for each month to be you know one in January, two in February, three in March, et cetera, your target for each month. And so now you can actually go in and set your goals um, forward. Actually, you can go backward as well, uh, although that's kind of cheating. Um, so now you can set set those targets on a monthly basis or set them on a weekly basis or however you want at that very granular level. And so you can go in once and set the goals for your next 12 months, for example. Um, and so a lot of people ask for that. Um, at Databox, we kind of take a process of like resetting it at the beginning of every month. But I know that a lot of people set those annual targets and just want to set a cadence. The other thing this allows you to do is like if you have a, I'll say a revenue goal, but then there's like five metrics uh, that you that you have, I call them sub goals or derivative goals of that. So it's things like your sessions for your website or your uh, visit to lead conversion rate, right? And, and but if you know you're not going to spend time improving your visit to lead conversion rate that month, then you don't change that goal, right? But you can still set it to go up the following months when you do plan to improve it. So it allows you to kind of create a 12 month plan that syncs better with the activities that you plan and the sequence of activities that you plan over that 12 months. So a lot of people, you know, can't write blog post every month or can't build a new conversion point on the website every month or you know they just don't have time or resources to do that so this allows them to to set goals going forward that are more in sync with what their their plan is if they have done a longer term plan and i think the goals history too is huge so being able to yes like if you so say you toggle to you know your performance uh for a specific metric um from march you'll be able to see if if there was a goal set up um, you know, during that month, you'll see the goal lines and uh, for that month instead of maybe what you would see right. now. So I think that yeah, the previous nice. the previous charts. If you changed your goal, but you looked at say a twelve month period, your goal would be the current month. But now, when you look at a last twelve months or this year kind of time range on your chart on your on your line graph, you'll see the the goal line will actually change, and and we keep a, a more of a history of of what what the goal was and so you can see how you performed each month um according to your goal so yeah i think that's that's really really powerful and then there's a goal change log so you can see uh anybody on your team that made updates to a goal so pete could see if i went in and and lowered the 
the sessions go by 20,000 or something, he'd be able to see, um, no, but you, you can, you can track and see like, uh, when, when the goals were updated and, uh, see, see a whole change log for specific goals, which I think is, is super helpful, especially for, for agencies or, or bigger teams. Yeah, there's a nefarious reason why you want to check, right? If you're given everybody the ability to go and change the goal, which I think is the right thing, um, then you want to see when that, who changed it, right? And some people might be trying to cheat, but I think the the legit, the more legitimate, the the good, the positive reason to do that is just just history, right? Like if you look back over 12 months, um, you're not going to remember what your goal was, you know, nine months ago, uh, and so being able to see that and show that that each month you were able to set a goal and hit it or set a goal and get really close to it or set a goal and slightly beat it most of the time. Like that's a really good thing. If you take that to your boss, or your client and say, here, here's what we did. Not only did we grow it, right. We were able to predict how we were able to grow it and we did what we said we were going to do. And so I think that ability to prove that you did what you said you were going to do um, is pretty powerful. And it gives you a lot more credibility when talking to a boss or a client that um, that you they should trust you with doing more things, right, or uh, doing more of what you're doing because it, you, they they not only know it works, but also that you can pretty much predict that it is going to work. Yeah. If if you want to know the rest, I'll drop the link um, retroactively if it's not live when this episode goes live. But I'll drop the link to the post that kind of details all the changes right here uh, in the show notes. Um, yeah, that's that's yeah, really exciting. Covered stuff. a little more than we were planning to there, right? <laughs> but I mean that, that it kind of helps codify, in a sense, a lot of the things that we've done as a company over the last year to to sort of tie it all together. But also, obviously, the things that we learn from from talking with with you, from talking with our users, and and the things that uh, you know would make would make these things a lot more helpful for them. And and uh, so yeah, uh, I'll drop the link so you guys yeah. can check that out. Um, but otherwise, it's a short week. So, in in the interest of goals, um, I gotta go. P, what, P, yeah, you got your team meeting right now. I'm screwing <laughs> up your your weekly team meeting. Cadence. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, any like anything? Any any, uh, any last thoughts, Pete? Any uh, any closing? No, thoughts, I've talked too wisdom? much. This was good. No, I'm excited <laughs> for the goals launch. I'm excited to kind of unveil um, our methodology for hitting goals and and managing the team and around that. So. I definitely would love to get any feedback from people uh, as people adopt it. We'd love to hear how they're doing with it and how it's helping them hit their goals as well. Let's do it. All right. We'll be back soon. We'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks, Pete. See you, Don. Thanks so much for listening. If you found this episode valuable, check out our other episodes or subscribe to get new ones. If you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review or share it with someone. And if you want a tool to help you track and improve your business performance, try Databox free at databox.com.